And that's not like, oh, thank goodness they're back, okay? But there's a difference. I don't know if you notice it. I notice it. There's a difference when the, the one that God has set over this congregation is here. And there's a difference when they're not here. And so we know, I notice the difference. Believe me when I tell you, I notice the difference. If you don't, you need to. But there is a difference, and I can tell that they're back because that, that same anointing, that same unction that's on him is not here when he's not here, and so it's here. So I'm glad for the, the man of God that he has put over me and for the headship of this man and his wife. And so we need to be thankful for that today. Amen? Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time for that. Amen. God is good. He's awesome. Can't be saved without a pastor and a preacher, right? You just can't. And um, so I'm thankful, amen, that they are back, that they got to rest their minds, rest their spirit. I know they had to do some some other stuff, but they got the opportunity to just kind of rest and refresh and, and kind of, I don't want to say get away from it all, but even Jesus got away from in a in a secret private place up in the mountain or something, you know, just to kind of get away and get his mind straight. And so we need that sometimes, and I'm thankful that they had this opportunity not only to do that, but to visit with their grandkids and all those things that they did. But they got to get away from some of this cold for a little bit. Amen. And took all the warm weather when they left. <laughs> Brought it back, maybe a little. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we are glad to have them back today. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. I just can't thank the Lord enough. He knows what he's doing. We don't have to worry about, I don't know, I don't know if God's got this or not. No, 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 no. He's got this. He's got this. He had it before we came along, and he's got it long after we're gone. Amen. Because he said what? He would build his church. Right? We're just vessels in the pro, in part of the process, right? And the gates of hell sh- will not, shall not prevail against the church of the living God. You know, gates are stationary. You don't pick up gates and move them. Well, one God in the Bible did, but gates are stationary. They're there for defense. And so we, you know, we don't have to worry about it. We're, we're an offensive weapon against the enemy. He don't know what to do when we start praying like we did this morning, when we start singing and magnifying God. He don't know what to do. We get him all flustered, and he's got to leave. Because the Bible says at the very mention of the name of Jesus, he's got to go. And Does he come in here? Absolutely he comes in here, but he's got to go. When we start pleading the blood, he's got to go. Amen. And so I don't want the, the, the devil or anything else to steal what God has for you today or any time that we're in here. Amen. I plead the blood when I'm sitting back there because I don't want the devil to steal it the minute I walk out the door. Anybody in here ever heard a message and then somebody 30 minutes later say, what did the pastor preach about? I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> you can't tell. The devil will take that out of your, out of, out of, he'll, he'll, he'll cause you to forget. That's what I believe. We're going to talk about stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Amen. This is absolutely important. Amen to everything that we do. And uh so we're just gonna kinda dive right into this. We we're gonna have we have this series on stewardship and so I'm gonna kinda briefly get into you can be seated. Oh, hallelujah. Or you can stand throughout the whole you know, in the Bible the, the guy that got up in in front of the at the temple, the guy that got up to read sat and everybody else stood. 
You ever, you ever notice that? Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we don't do that, right? <laughs> That's right. Praise God. So we talked about what is stewardship. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Real quickly, kind of a brief overview of last Sunday. Let, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Who's Paul talking to? He's talking to the church, not just certain people, talking to the church. And stewards of the mysteries of God. He's made us stewards of his mysteries. Moreover, it is required of, in stewards that a man be found faithful. And we talked about how that word stewards or the concept of stewardship and the word faithfulness kind of, kind of run together in the same, same scripture there. And so it's, they're really tied together. Stewardship is faithfulness in the things that God has given us to be responsible for in his kingdom and on this earth as we're going about, you know, doing his will and doing his work. And so we're, we, we're going to talk about four things. We already talked about tithing. We're going to kind of briefly go over that. And then we're going to talk about uh, talents today or gifts and then stewardship of time and stewardship of testimony. And uh, in that verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 4.1, we talked about how, uh, in the complete word study Bible, basically in the, in the concordance, it talked about Christians are called stewards in that they have been entrusted with the mysteries of God, which is the gospel message. It's responsibility for which believers are held accountable. So when we receive this truth, he has called us, hadn't he? Right? To, to preach the gospel or to, to preach is just simply to proclaim, to just talk about the goodness of God, to talk about how good Jesus was, that he saved me and delivered me from all of my sins, that he did all these things, and he didn't have to do it, but he did. So we are we are held accountable to take this gospel to somebody else. You know, in the book of Acts, it said they went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. What were they doing? They were taking that gospel. They're stewards of this gospel. They were taking it from house to house, talking about it, breaking bread, having, having meals and talking about the goodness of God. And so that's what we are accountable for. And we talked about, we got into the, the, the concept of tithing, stewardship and tithing. And the Bible does clearly bear this out. And we went to the book of Malachi 3, 8, where it says, will a man rob God or will a man keep or hold back what rightfully belongs to God. We're not like breaking into his house and robbing him, but will you, will we hold back what rightfully belongs to him? What he's simply asking us to, to be faithful back to him with. And we talked about how important it is and not just the, the, I don't know what the word, right word is, but not just the book importance, but the blessings of being, of tithing, the blessings blessings of giving back into the kingdom, and we're not just giving. Just okay, all right, God. If you want ten percent, you know He doesn't want it if you're going to take that attitude. He loves a cheerful giver. We it has to be with a willing heart. In the Old Testament, when 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 Moses was was building the tabernacle and all those things were going on, he talks about. That they had to, they brought stuff to build the tabernacle with a willing heart. They wanted to help. They wanted to be a part of what was going on and they were more than happy 
to bring everything, to take their jewelry off and whatever was needed for the kingdom, to build a tower. Here, here, take it. And it even got to the point, I was just reading that either yesterday or this morning, where, where it talked about, he said, oh, that, there's too much. Stop, stop bringing your, you know, we don't, I don't know if we'll ever have that problem, but, but we could, yeah. Okay, stop, stop, stop giving in offerings. We have too much. No, no church will ever say, okay, right? Because it's all about the kingdom, right? So the Apostle Paul wrote that God examines the motives for giving and not the amount. He did. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Talking about motive, isn't it? What's your motive? So let him give not grudgingly as or of necessity, for God loveth that cheer. There we go with that scripture. God loveth a cheerful giver. And we're going to, all these subjects are going to tie together because we're not just giving our finances, are we? Right? There's some giving and taking going on here in this, this whole concept of stewardship. So the blessing of, of giving or, or tithing into the kingdom is just simply the obedience to what God has asked us and required us to do. That's all it is. They need, they being us, need to be willing, and we need to understand what the Bible says, and we we need to be willing participants. I I don't want to miss out on any of the blessings of God that he has for me. Do you? I don't. So I don't want to disobey what his word says in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Amen? Amen? Because, you know, it was obedience that got us into this thing in the first place. Right? We had to obey the gospel, didn't we? We had to repent. Doesn't matter if you were raised in church or not. You still had to repent. You still had to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And you still had to be baptized in Jesus' name. Well, I was raised in this, so I, I get to skip that. No, you don't. Everybody has to be born into the kingdom. Right? It's what's, it's called the new birth, isn't it? Not the new graduation. (laughs) It's the new birth. So we all start just like that little baby. We start somewhere. And we start learning about, even little baby starts learning about what they can and can't do. What, when, when crying, We'll get attention, and when crying, won't we'll get attention. They learn all this stuff as babies, and, and we grow up as adults, and we learn all this stuff. So God wants us to understand this stuff. So God notices, we talked about Cornelius. Now he was giving alms, and he was doing all these things for the poor, yet he wasn't even born again. But somehow or another, he, he understood that there was a God up there, and that he needed to honor him, and so he gave his... He gave to the poor. He he had abundance, and he didn't just give a little bit. It says he gave a lot to the point where God God actually said to him, I've noticed your prayers and your alms. They've come up to me for a memorial. So God notices when we pray. He notices when we give. And he notices the motive behind why we do it. I'm praying. I'm just doing this because the pastor told me to do it. Well, that's not the right motive. I mean, you need to obey your pastor, but it needs to be, it's a heart thing. It's between you and God, right? 
So now we're going to kind of move into the next section here. We're going to talk about stewardship and talents. And we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Read somewhat of a little bit of a lengthy reading this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 to 31. My mouth is so dry today. I don't know why. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 to 31. Everybody there? Amen. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet yet by one but one body. But now are they... I already read that. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the, the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think are less honorable upon those we bestow more abundant honor and our, uh, and our comely parts have we abund- have more abundant comeliness. That word comely means well-fashioned or well-formed or honorable. Amen. <clears throat> For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, or he's balanced it, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism, schism or no division, no tear, as, as in a mindset or a sentiment, in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. For whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ. Everybody say, that's me. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set, and I underlined that in on the scripture that I had printed out on my sheet. I underlined God hath set. It's God doing this. God hath set. Some in the church for first apostles, secondarily prophets, third teachers, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts, plural, of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts, once again, plural, of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, which means the more useful and profitable for the purposes of the kingdom. Not the best for you personally, but what's best for the kingdom. Covet earnestly the ones that are the best that God can use you to operate in that gift for the purposes of furthering the gospel in the kingdom. And yet show I you a more excellent way. And that word covet there means to earnestly desire or emulate the gifts that would be be, that would best benefit the cause of Christ and his kingdom and not the individual. So I my, in my own personal life, I don't just just willy-nilly start coveting gifts that I think I'd like to have that gift, God, cuz I if you use me in that and in the word of wisdom, then I could know stuff about people. <laughs> that's that's the wrong motive again. That's not why God gave us those gifts. All of these things are gifts that God gave to the church. So I want God to use me in the gift that he knows best that I can work and operate in, that it would 
that would help further the kingdom. I want to be a steward of that gift, right? The spirit of the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so God is going to give us a gift of prophecy, of of tongues and interpretations, a gift of, of wisdom and all these things, and he expects us to use wisdom and operate in those gifts according to the way that he would have us to do, not just take off with it and say, this is my gift and I'm going to do what I want. Okay? So we're going to talk about our God-given talents, and and the title of this section or this part of the series was with reference to talents, but I, I use the word gifts because really any talent that we have really is a gift from God. Uh, there's very, in my opinion, there's very few people that have that are born with any of these gifts. Even the, the doctors and the nurses and the people that operate on you in the hospital, God gave them that gift to be able to do that. Amen? You know, Jesus said, all power and authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Did he not say that? So if that police officer that pulls you over for speeding just a little bit, he rec- he represents authority. Whose authority is he operating under? Ultimately, God's authority. He's a, he has to be a steward of that authority or that judge or somebody like that. They are still operating. Because Jesus said, all power and authority on heaven and earth is given unto me. So it's his authority, right? They get that authority from him. And so we have that same authority given to us in the power of the Holy Ghost. So we've got to operate in that authority as stewards and not just just go crazy with it. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's talking about stewardship. Okay? Ephesians 4, 1 through 8. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or the gift or the calling or the talents wherewith you are called, the thing I've called you to, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, with forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended upon, up on high, he led captivity captive, and I like this part, and gave gifts unto men. He gave us gifts. Not so we could just brag and say, look what I got. Because really all the brag and all the glory belongs to him. We need to brag on Jesus when we, we are operating in that gift that he's given us. That word gifts there, and I, I wanted to emphasize this in, in that scripture, the, the original scripture that we read, it's plural. So it's more than one. There's, and he doesn't really name them all. He just kind of covers a few, but there, there are so many gifts that God gives to the church that we, they're innumerable. So that word gifts, the gifts are the eternal life and forgiveness of sin that are given to believers were consequent to Christ's defeat of of sin and death. The analogy is that Christ is sharing the spoils of his ultimate 
victory over Satan with those who have received him. He's sharing the spoils of, of the victory with us. Because he left this earth and he said, I'm going to leave my church there to operate and do what needs to be done. As I build my church, he's going to do it through us. And so we are the stewards of all the giftings that he has given us. And you might be sitting there and I don't know how old you are, 12, 14, whatever, thinking, oh, well, that's not for me right now. Well, yes, it is. If you look in the Bible, Jesus started doing, started trying to launch into his ministry at 12 years old. And so there is no real age limit. It's whatever God leads you to do, you can do it. You know, we were hearing a story about a six, five or six year old that was talking to a kid and a new kid in the neighborhood about the, about the blood, about the love of Jesus. And this kid was saying, I don't go to church. <laughs> and the, the little boy was like, he just didn't let that get him down. He just kept telling him, well, you need to. You know, it's like we need to have that kind of zeal. We need to have that that willingness to, to just not not be shut down so quickly. Right? Because God's given us a wonderful gift. And he's expecting us to be good stewards of that gift. Amen? Uh, Exodus 31, verse 1 through 5. Talking about stewardship, talking about being a good steward of our gifts and talents. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones to set them and carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. So God actually gives gifts to do physical things like this. Like I already uh, alluded to, the doctors and the nurses and, and he gave that gift. He, it said that he put that spirit in that, in Bezalel to go do those things. I don't know if they, if he knew how to do it before that. I've heard of people that never they couldn't play a, a, a tune in a bucket, but God, they said, God, if you'll let me, I'd like to learn how to play the keyboard. And they sat down behind a keyboard and just started playing, and God honored their prayer. God will give us a gift. If he feels that, that we need to have that gift, he'll go ahead and give it to us. Amen? We all don't have the same gift. You know, some people have the gift of gab, and some people would just as soon talk to nobody, right? There's some people that can just talk to everybody, and there's some people that just would rather talk to nobody. And that's that's a gifting. And so God will use that gifting that he has given you for his purpose. And for and you might not be able to, to talk to people, but you might be a prayer warrior. You might have that gift. And so God is going to give the, the gifts to the church severally, as the Bible says, as he will. And what, how is he going to do that? He's going to do it in a balanced way, right? We talk about having a balanced diet, right? The body has to be balanced. All the chemical makeup of our body, when it's out of balance, we can tell, right? Something's not, You don't feel right. Something's not, you know, your equilibrium's off or whatever. Something's not balanced in your physical body. 
And so the natural, the spiritual body, the church, has to have balance as well. And so God's not going to call everybody to be a teacher. He's not going to call everybody to be a prayer warrior. He's not going to call everybody. He's not going to give that gift, that same gift to everybody in the church. He's going to give, he's going to balance it out. And it's, some of it's based on our personality that he gave us, right? Believe it or not, before I had the Holy Ghost, you couldn't have got me in front of people like this to talk. I was scared to death. I was so shy and backwards. Ask my wife. But it was because of God and the Holy Ghost that he, he brought something out of me that I didn't know was there. Maybe it wasn't there and he put it there. But he has, he has equipped me, I guess you could say, with the thing that I needed to do the thing that he's called me to do. But it, it's not magic, right? I had to operate. I had to stand up and do it. I had to, you know, it's like, I don't want to say the word practice, but, <laughs> you know, when God calls somebody and gives them the gift of faith, that's the first time they use it, they might not do it right, but he knows that. And, and he begins to allow them to operate in that, and they might make some mistakes along the way, but eventually they under, begin to understand what God is, how they're supposed to use that gift. We're stewards of these gifts that God has given us, these talents and these abilities. And there's some awesome gifts that the Bible talks about that and maybe maybe it alludes to some of them. But I just made kind of a, not an exhaustive list, but a, a list of things that I felt like were gifts from God, the gift of obedience. How many knows that, that obedience is a gift? No man comes to him except he draws them, right? Right? The Bible talks about the gift of repentance. He allows us to have the, the opportunity to have the gift of being able to repent and see that we need him to see our sinful life. So obedience is a gift. Because I'm telling you right now, I wasn't very obedient before I came to God. So I know it has to be a gift in me that I'm willing to not only obey the gospel, but to submit myself to a man, to an, a, to an authority over me in the church. That obedience is a gift, and I have to operate in that gift every day. I have to be a steward of that gift. It's not just going to be automatic. Right? Self-control. We've talked about that a lot here in this church. Self-control is a gift. In the, uh, and I took an excerpt out of the concordance, out of the con- it's a complete word study Bible dictionary, but essentially it's the concordance. And it says in the New Testament, used that word gifts used only of gifts of graces imparted from God. Deliverance from peril, 2 Corinthians 1.11. The gift of self-control, 1 Corinthians 7 and 7. Gifts of Christian knowledge, consolation, confidence, Roman 1.11. 1 Corinthians 1 and 7. And redemption, salvation through Christ. And all those other scriptures there. So all these things are gifts. Salvation is a gift from God. It's not automatic. Desire to know and to know his voice and to know him, to have a desire to even want to be saved was a gift. Because I can remember, I don't know about you, but I can remember when I could care less about this. But some day, some somehow or another one day the desire came upon me 
And the desire was put in me somehow to want this. It's not in, it wasn't in me to want to be saved as a human being. God had to draw me, so he had to put that desire in me. And then I, I highlighted this one right here, servanthood. To be a servant for him and for his glory. Definitely a talent or gift that would we need to be good stewards of. Is servanthood automatic? No. But he expects every one of us. What does Paul refer to himself as in nearly every writing that he that he writes? He starts out his letter with Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And that word servant, if you wanted to do a study on it, break it down, it actually means slave. <laughs> and when I think of the word slave, I think of I don't have a say in anything. I got to do what the master tells me to do. And who's my master? If I'm the slave, Jesus Christ. See, I, I'm like that guy that went up to the pole and said, no, I don't want to leave. Put an all up to my ear and mark me and put a hole there. And I want to be your permanent servant. I don't ever want to leave because I love my master. Right? So being a servant is a gift. Most of us didn't want to be a servant. We might have had, some of us might have had a servant heart. And, and there's lots of people in the world that, that are willing to go out and go out of their way to help people. And, and they have a servant heart. But even those people outside the church, that has to be a gift from God. Because it's not in us as human beings to do that. Right? We just want to be, we're all about this guy right here. Self, me, 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 right? Before Jesus came along, that's what we, whether we want to admit it or not, we were all about ourselves, and sometimes we still are all about me. God help me to not be about me all the time. The gift of character, our personality, who we are. Is that important to have that gift? Is that important to, to be a good steward of that gift? Because character matters character matters you can have all these gifts in this in these scriptures that we read but if you if your character stinks those gifts aren't going to do any good for you if you have a, a an awful character you can't interact with people you can't listen right it's all about character so it's something that we need to constantly work on and be stewards of our character and it does require us to go look in the mirror sometimes and, and say, you know, and be honest with ourselves. You know? Okay, you need to you need to work on this. And the Lord will prompt you, He'll tell you. He'll trust me, He'll tell you if you're listening. Kindness. Wow, what a gift. That's not automatic, is it? I personally had to have God give me that one. The gift of kindness, because it wasn't in me to be kind to people. Okay, and and I, the, my definition of kindness is is kind of like that thing that God asks you to do to love somebody when you don't want to. When you're willing to do that, you know that that gift of kindness is really working in you. When you're willing to go out of your own way. And go against the grain of how you personally feel about a situation and give up your time and give up your, you know, we, we love our time. We love having control of our time, don't we? And sometimes God's going to ask us to be kind to somebody and it's going to take away from our schedule. You mean I got to give up an hour of my time to go be kind to somebody? Well, yeah. 
What's the point then? Once again, these are not an exhaustive list. Wow. Who's been, did somebody climb up there and turn that clock ahead? <laughs> Zechariah 4 and 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not going to be by your energy, by your intellect, by your human effort. It's not going to be by that. Okay, God, I'm a vessel. I'm your chosen vessel. Use me. Help me to be what you would have me to be, God. Where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to say today? How do you want me to operate in this gift? You gave it to me. Is there is there anything wrong with talking to God like that? Absolutely not. I'm the servant, remember? We're the servant. What do you want me to do today? Because he's going to send us to do stuff and he's going to ask us to say stuff that we would not normally say or do of our own volition. He is. And so we got to be sensitive to that. So Zerubbabel, what was he going to do? He was going to go finish the temple. But God was telling him through the prophet, yes, Zerubbabel, I'm using you, but no, it's not from your own talent and ability. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what you need to fulfill this role. So when God calls somebody and he gives them a gift of prophecy or a gift of teaching or a gift of pastoring or whatever gift he puts on that person, and, and pastoring is not just up here. If you're teaching somebody a home Bible study and you're, you're spending time with them and, and their home and fellowshipping and taking them out to eat, you're, this is my estimation, you're sort of in a way pastoring them, aren't you? Because you're ministering to them. You're teaching them so that by the time they do walk in this door, they're ready to just chomping at the bit. They're going, where's the baptismal at? They're ready. Right? So he gave us these gifts. Second Corinthians 3, verse 3 through 5 says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle, because the Bible says we are what? Epistles known and read of all men. Right? of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not as tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God. We're not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of in, to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency or our competency and ability is in God. It's in the gift that he honored us and gave us. And many of these gifts, and like I said, there's so many that aren't even mentioned here. There wouldn't be enough time, but th there's so many gifts that God gives to the church that are, that are, whether you think so or not or believe it or not, they're in operation in you right now. Every one of us in this place has gifts that God has given us based on our, based on our personality, based on what He knows that we're capable of doing. And it's up to us to be stewards of those gifts and to operate them, to realize what, what it is that we have and to say, okay, God, how can I operate in this gift for your glory? Because it's not about my sufficiency. It's not about me coming up with all these ideas. Of, you don't have to. You just don't have to <laughs> think up all these ideas of how am I going to use this gift. Just ask the one that gave the gift. How do you want me to use this? Because it's not for me. It's not for my glory. It's not so I can say, see, I'm using the gift of prophecy. 
I'm used in the gift of this. See? Isn't everybody impressed with me? No. That's not what it's about. Paul was humble. He constantly, once again, he wrote those letters. Paul, a servant of Christ. He wasn't lifting himself up. He's like, I'm one of you. I struggle with stuff too, just like I'm human, just like you. But God's given me these gifts to operate in, and he's going to give you your gifts to operate in. And it's up to us to find out what they are and to operate in those gifts, to be good stewards of them. Final scripture this morning is in Titus chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. And it reads as thus, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. We need to be ready to every good work. We need to be ready to operate in that gift or giftings that he has given us. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, not be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Everybody say, that's me. Disobedient, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That was every one of us. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. It's a gift. He, by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, he renewed us. He did something, a work in our life that we couldn't have done on our own. He gave us the gift of salvation, which he shed on us abundantly. Not just a little bit. He shed it on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We're heirs, folks. When you're an heir, you're wearing the royal ring and you get all the benefits. As the son of the, of the king or whoever you're the heir of, but that means you, just doesn't mean you just get the gifts. You don't just get all the good stuff. You have to be a steward of it. Your, your dad is expecting you to be a good steward because he was a good steward of all these blessings that he's passing now on to you. And did he pass that on to the church? To us, absolutely. So we need to be operating in those gifts. Not in here, out there. Where I can't touch those people that you touch and talk to those people that you talk to, and he can't either. But we are in those places for a reason. That's our mission field. Might be the nursing home, but that's our mission field. Wherever it is you are. Right? He can't do it all. It's not fair to even think that he can do it all. That's why he gave all these gifts in the church. Right? We just bring him in here and let him baptize them. Right? They've already been taught. They've already been brought to the place where they're hungering and thirsting and they can't wait. Right? Just, you know, we just, it's not like an assembly line, but you know what I'm saying. They're already ready when they get here, right? Because we've been doing all of the things that we need to do with our gifts. So we can truly exercise gifts like these with our own human effort, and we can try it, but really we're going to fail in the end, right? It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And it's when we submit and obey 
and let him operate the gift through us that he gave us in the first place, right? That we get real results and he gets all the glory. We're just simply, final statement, and we're going to go to our break. We're simply stewards of the gifts and talents that he's given us. Any questions? Any comments? Praise God. Let's go to break and uh, come back. And I'm looking forward to hearing from our pastor this morning in Jesus' name.